We are in the heat of the NBA season, so let's talk about one of the hottest stars. RJ Barrett is in a bit of a shooting slump, but his style is not. That's because he wears Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped, featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings RJ helped pick out and design. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for our second episode of That's What B Said, a Cleveland sports podcast brought to you by Roman, E.D., and Harry's. We appreciate all the likes and shares and reviews from last week, so don't be afraid and keep them coming. As always, I'm Bree Rust at Breezy Clee, and I am joined by my very happy co-host, Brittany Mollis, a.k.a. at Bird's Eye View, and our fearless producer, Meredith Kane at MK on Sports. We're going to get you a lot of Browns talk, a little bit of Cavs talk, and we'll touch on how Ohio State fans hate Brittany. Present company <laughs> excluded, of course. <laughs> Ladies, how you doing? Meredith, how are you? Uh, Tell us. I'm a little weird. Last week was a little weird. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And also, I feel like it feels like a Thursday to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It feels like a Thursday because we're on a short week uh, with the Browns playing against the Bills on Sunday and then five days later uh, against the Steelers on Thursday. So I am just so thrown off this week. Me too. Britt, yeah. how are you doing? Ladies, I have something important to tell you. Oh, boy. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Okay. Important announcement. I am back on my Browns bullshit. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I'm all back in. <laughs> you knew it was coming. Yes. Listen, guys, <laughs> we're one game closer to our eight-game winning streak. So yes. let's talk a little bit about that victory that felt like it was eight days ago, but really it was two days ago. Yes, let's we're, talk about that, Bree. We're basking in the Browns' victory, and let's be honest, it was sloppy, and mm -hmm. it felt like nobody actually wanted to win the game, but we did. We were victorious. And we got a quick turnaround against the Steelers this week. We'll get into that a little bit, but I want to talk about a couple of things here. The Browns are undefeated since we started this very podcast. So I'd like yes. to give ourselves some credit. Yes. In round, that round of applause we are probably, for us. We are one of the reasons that they that they came up with the victory. And also, <laughs> Britt, you were at the game and you guaranteed a win. So I, I want you to touch on that. Okay, well, to be fair, like I guarantee a win every week, so this really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Secondly, it was a sloppy game, but the good thing about being there is that you don't pay attention as much when you're in, you know, first energy as you do when you're at home watching the game. It doesn't feel as hard when they do stupid things like, yes. you know, the whole one yard line thing, which mm. I, I know, I know. Um, but yeah, when you say it was a sloppy game, it was because I replayed it. I watched it again yesterday just to make sure I didn't miss anything and I was going over everything that happened. Um wasn't the best game. The first, like, you know, quarter or so was pretty good. Uh, and after that, <laughs> after that, it sort of started to nod off a little bit and things got kind of hairy there. But 
um yeah like being there was a lot of fun and one uh, we started talking about superstitions right so i gotta get into mine go ahead okay so the other day i tweeted and i actually i got this wrong guys i said that the browns were one one and one when i'm in the stadium okay yes. that was inaccurate that was a lie i, I fake news I over keep, here with Brittany. i you keep we're wrong on this podcast it's okay yes oh yeah i will totally call myself out when i'm wrong um i forgot that i went to the game what was it the sunday night game and i <laughs> i have a bad memory of it because that was the night that i fell on the escalators so i really like that one always i lose track of that game completely so they lost that one um so i was actually one two and one when i'm in the stadium so you know just wanted to clear that up because i know that everyone was super worried about that yeah of um, course. yes but guys when I wear my Zubas to the game, which <laughs> they, it's every the game, <laughs> they are the most hideous pants you'll ever see. I'm sure you know if you saw my Twitter, you saw these. I love these. those pants, by the well, way. Thank you. Did, thank uh, you. So, did you wear the Zubas because it was the Bills game and like that's kind of like a Bills thing? And you I didn't even know. And yeah, until toe to toe with the Bills Zubas pants, Bills Mafia. I was yes. kind of hoping that they would like invite me because I, t- I wanted to oh, go boy. flying through a table. That was like my goal <laughs> this way. That's all I wanted. But we weren't in the Muni lot. We were in like this quieter parking lot before the game. So like the Bills fans there were a lot more tame, um, which was nice. They were super nice people. Like I feel very close to Bills fans. They, they feel a lot like Browns fans. Well, that's good. And yeah. listen, you had your own superstition. I started my own on Saturday night as well. I yes. I had an orange beer that was actually orange colored as well. And I put it in a Cleveland Browns glass. And I pretty much said, the Browns are going to win tomorrow. And if they win, I will be drinking an orange beer before every game. So here we go. Wednesday night, orange beers for everyone. Was it delicious? Orange beers it for was, every- I'm down it, for that. Is it a good orange beer? I mean, I'm not mad about this superstition. So I will fully welcome this. And even... If they don't win, which they will win, I'm still going to probably mm-hmm. be drinking an orange beer. So there's that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even I like it. Of, I like your style, Brie. <laughs> even of uh, superstitions, I had a uh, lanyard from the Owen 16 season that I had to um, put my pass on uh, because I didn't for I forget what the reason was. I didn't get a lanyard this year. And so I just grabbed an extra one that I had from Owen 16 and then they kept losing. So I had to I actually like threw out that Owen 16 lanyard. Yeah, burn it. <laughs> I took my one from last year to to put my pass on because I just uh, I don't know I was like it had bad juju or something I don't know it felt icky so I had to get rid of it I didn't actually I didn't actually like I didn't burn it but yeah I I think I may have tossed it yeah well we're back on the winning side now so we have to continue the things that worked in every facet of our lives and I think we want to talk a little bit about the fans you touched on it Brittany there were a lot of Bills fans there I think we all relate to the Bills fandom because they've kind of struggled and experienced the same heartbreak as us sure and this was a topic of conversation most notably in the post-game press conference with baker mayfield and he made a comment about having a lot of noise on fourth down in critical moments of the game a lot of people didn't like this i would say it was probably split 50 50 between people supporting baker and people against baker of People don't like to be called out about their fandom. And his wife, Emily, who we all know and love, 
also kind of echoed the same sentiment in her Instagram story that was screenshotted by uh, Daryl Ryder, and people kind of jumped on him as well. And I know Brittany and I have a different take than Meredith. We want to get into this a little bit. So Meredith, do you want to kind of jump in from the media perspective and talk a little bit about this? Yeah, so a lot of people were just killing Daryl on Twitter for it, and I don't understand why, because he didn't say anything negative. He wasn't editorializing anything with it. He was just saying, hey, this is what Emily posted on Instagram. And it's not like it was a private Instagram story that was to, you know, your little close friends. Uh, It wasn't a text that she had sent him that has the expectation of privacy. It was public Instagram of a girl who has hundreds of thousands of followers. So it was out there for everyone to see. And not everybody has Instagram. And that is something that Daryl realizes. So he sees that and says, oh, I like that's newsworthy. His job is to report things that he finds newsworthy. So he screenshots it and he tweets it. And suddenly everyone is getting on him about it. And I was like, he didn't say anything bad. And to an extent, I don't think that Emily said anything bad either. I just don't understand where all this vitriol came from. Bridget, you want to jump in on that? Yeah. With the Daryl thing, like, I, I like Daryl. I, you know, when I want to know, like, tidbits and, you know, he, he tweets a lot of very interesting things and highlights and statistics and stuff. And I love him for it. And I understand what you're saying, Meredith. Like, it's his job to find these little nuggets and tweet them out and, you know, make a story out of them. But I feel like as Browns fans, we have, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say this a difficult relationship with the media, a lot of it. Uh, And stories like these don't really seem to sit well with us. And it's because it all, I was telling you guys before we started recording, it all feels very TMZ-like. These things that have really nothing to do with football. We've reached a point, I think, as a a fan base where we're tired of hearing this stuff. So I'll I'll say with that, I think a lot of it just stems from the Browns not having very many successful seasons over the past 20 years like when you have a team like the current 49ers or the Patriots or uh, you know Seattle when you have these teams that have this winning history and these winning seasons there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about but with the Browns when you have seasons like 1 and 31 the you know 1 and 15 followed by 0 and 16 there's only so much that you can talk about and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of the reporters will kind of look for these other stories because there's only so many times that you can harp on bad play calling or incompletions or red zone struggles. Like it gets very frustrating and very old and stale. And the meat, like the reporters understand that readers get tired of that kind of stories and they, they get tired of talking about those kinds of stories. So I think that's kind of where those little searching for those nuggets come from and Mm -hmm. that's just that's a habit from 20 years like daryl's been covering this team since they came back in 1999 so you know this is just what he's used to doing because he's not used to having winning seasons with the browns yeah so i'll jump in here a little bit because just to clarify both baker and his wife emily spoke out again today about this and i believe baker was asked to clarify his comments about uh the comments about the fans and the crowd noise And Emily posted again on Instagram today on her story, if you didn't see it, essentially just clarifying what a Fairweather fan meant to her, meaning that when Baker isn't playing well, they're the first to jump all over him. But then when the Browns win or they do something well, they're back on the bandwagon. So I think she clarified that comment a little bit. 
And Baker Mayfield was asked about it again today, and he just said how important it is when they're on offense in these critical fourth down, third down plays in the red zone that they need it to be quiet for them to work. And I will say, just from experience being at the games this year, at the beginning of the season when all of the hype was still there, I would say that it was loud even then. And I think it just stems from the, the fans just being excited that we're in a position to score. I think there's a lot of excitement and anticipation building uh, yeah. because we haven't experienced that before. So I, I think it's probably a combination of a lot of those things. And I mean, Britt, you were there. The stadium was what, roughly 35 percent? full of brown of bills fans oh yeah and i wasn't expecting that because that was the first game i've ever gone to where there was a noticeable amount of opposing teams fans um and like i said it was i didn't see any fights everyone seemed to get along really well so it was a very welcoming environment and everyone was real friendly and there was no problems that i saw um but you know the thing about emily is and people took offense to what she said and I still can't understand why, because when she said Fairweather fans, she wasn't speaking about all of Browns fans. And it feels like as much as I love Browns fans, and I do, I really love you guys. But sometimes we are so incredibly sensitive about everything. So like it, if anyone, yeah. whether it be like national media, local media, you know, players, whatever, if anyone says anything, about, we're like up in arms and we've got our, you know, fists clenched and we're ready to go. And it's just, it's getting to a point now where it's like, all right, guys, like, are we going to eventually grow out of this? Because it's starting to feel like a lot. Yeah. And here's my other thing. She's married to the quarterback. She's going to support her husband, regardless of which team he plays for. So get mad all you want. But I would probably do the same thing if I was in her shoes. And her emotions were probably running high, too, as we all were. I mean, I was watching the game from my couch, folding laundry feverishly. And I, I had to throw on YouTube for my kids so that they would stop talking and asking me things, which... That's I don't know if that's is that bad parenting or good parenting I'm not sure yet. That's but, smart parenting. <laughs> smart parenting. <laughs> the things you do when the Browns are playing. There you so, go. yeah, I think with the Bills fans that were there as a season ticket holder here too, I'm kind of of the vein of yeah, let's not sell our tickets to the opposing team's fans, but mm-hmm. you don't know who you're selling to. Like that's the reality. You really don't know. Right. And if you, if you can't make it to the game. You know, you probably want to get your money back. So I I see a lot of sides from this. The one thing that we do need to talk about is the Bills fans were so nice that Meredith Mm -hmm. actually wants to marry one. (laughs) There we go. So that happened, too, on Sunday. So I have to, like, tell this story. So Saturday night, I really wanted Barrio for dinner. So I go over to Barrio, and it's just crawling with Bills fans. Like, it was Mm -hmm. full, and I was so upset by it. And I, like, even angrily tweeted about it, and other people were coming back, and they're like, oh, they're on our side of town. They're on our side of town. I was uh, at the Barrio on 4th Street. So I wound up going somewhere else for dinner. And instead of sitting at Barrio watching football, eating tacos, I'm, like, sitting by myself eating something else. I'm swiping through Bumble, and I see Bills fans all over Bumble. I'm like, fine, I'm just going to swipe right and troll them. So I swiped right on this one guy and I started trying to troll him and it turns out he was actually really cool. And then like Sunday throughout the day, he was uh, messaging me back and forth. And then when he headed back to Buffalo, he told me I should take a job in New York City so we could be together. Oh my God. Wait, did you meet this guy? I never met like, him. Like, did you guys no. ever meet up? No, we never <gasps> what? met. What? Okay, wait, hold on. With this whole Bumble thing. Okay, does it, 
because it would make sense to me does do your matches change based on your location like yeah you know so, yeah so you set a radius so i think i have mine set for like five oh miles my gosh because, a yeah, radius? If you're not, yeah because if you're not in cleveland i'm not going to swipe on you so um yeah oh so my you, like you can set your radius and people have them for up to like a hundred miles or something crazy like that and so you've got a radius and then other people around you have the radius and if it overlaps then they'll show you like it'll come up on i guess your little feet and then you can swipe right or swipe left so i guess this guy was staying at a hotel downtown i was trying to go to barrio and wound up going somewhere else and so he was like within my little five mile radius but after you've like <laughs> matched with a person they stay on your matches regardless of where they are so i don't know Ugh, meredith let me give you some advice okay. <laughs> on thursday night <laughs> You better turn that off because I, I, seriously, you're gonna end up with a Steelers fan, and then you're all, and then you're off this podcast. Yeah. I don't know what else to do. If you do that, I'll never. I'm never talking to you again. We're done. I, this I, friendship I is over. Swear, I solemnly swear on this podcast that I will not open Bumble until after all the Pittsburgh fans have left town. All right, that is my that is my promise to you guys. That is my promise to our listeners. I will not open Bumble. Thank you, Meredith. You're Thank welcome. You. <laughs> All right. So, you know, while we're on the topic of relationships, Meredith, had you have met your Bills fan, there's a chance that he might have had trouble performing after that Bills performance. So, ladies, it's time to talk about erectile dysfunction. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually it just gets brushed off or guys blame themselves saying things like, I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash bluewire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it, fellas. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. There you go. So last week we talked a lot about Baker Mayfield's manscaping and his Fu Manchu in his nether regions. But this week we're going to stick to his facial hair. So we've got Harry's. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Just on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair razors. They offer a close shave, easy glide, and it's a low price. Harry's is a return to the essential, quality, durable blades at a fair price, $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in their German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century, which means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory-direct prices. And it's convenient. The refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule, with or without a subscription. There's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. 
Listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and tr- trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. All right, guys, so let's wrap up the Browns talk. Looking ahead to Thursday night's game against the Steelers. Uh, We know quick turnaround from the win against Buffalo on a Thursday night. Steelers are coming in with a legit 10th-ranked defense. However, their offense is sputtering. And, Brittany, you're going to be at the game, as will I. So that means we are winning. Obviously. Obviously. It's going to be a Clearly. blustering, I think, 20-some degrees with 10 to 15-mile-per-hour winds. So let's hope that this game Ooh. does not come down to field goals. <laughs> I was actually I was at um, Burlington today looking for – remember, like, those ski masks? Oh, yeah, like, I have that one. Just, oh, I was looking for them today because I was like, oh, do they, do they let people wear those in? Like, is that an okay thing to do, do you yeah, think? I have no idea. We probably should look at the rules, huh? Yeah, because I was I, I wanted to get one, but then, you know, I was like, well, I might look like a, a serial killer, or, you know, so, <laughs> I didn't want to scare anyone. You mean like a Steelers fan? Well, I didn't want to really. scare my people, but I thought about it. I did think about it. They also had like these overall pajamas, like uh, the onesies. Which oh, are pretty that's, cool. Yeah. So, you know, last year, as we're talking about outfits, I bought probably the ugliest. I don't even know what to call it. It's like a Snuggie, but like worse because it's Sherpa. Cool. It's aggressively big and thick and long, but it's the warmest thing. So I'm pretty much wearing a Sherpa garbage bag to the game. on Thursday. Do it. That's my plan. Do it. I hope I see you there. I'm going to take pictures and share it for everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Free in her Sherpa. <laughs> My Sherpa garbage bag. And I hope you're wearing a ski mask. Here we are, guys. We will be a sight. I cannot <laughs> wait. Also, I bought snow boots, so my feet are going to be warm. Uh, I might have a ski mask on. I got like three layers of clothes. Hopefully, we'll be good to go. I don't We're gonna know. We're going to be great. It's going to be cold. Godspeed, you too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith, you mean you're not going? I mean, I'm going to be there, but I'm also going to be in a nice warm press box. So, Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. Way to flex on us, Meredith. Humble brag. <laughs> That's why I was like saying silent. I didn't want Mute to your anything. mic, Meredith. You're going to say Brie in a shirt on me in a ski mask and be like, hi, guys. I didn't I'm sitting up like here in my palace. Sorry. sorry. I didn't want to sound like a butthead. Man, maybe uh, you should date a Steelers fan. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my God. That's what anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> I'm taking shots. So speaking of Steelers fans, mm-hmm. Brittany and I, being from the Youngstown area, Meredith, I know you don't know a lot about this, but we grew up here in a time where Steelers fans are everywhere. They are like ants in the springtime. They just come out of the cracks. You can't get rid of them. Yes. No matter what you do. And... It is so infuriating, and I hope, I hope that the stadium is not filled with Steelers fans because that will ruin my night more than the 20-degree weather. Oh, for sure. And I said the other day, I was like, you know, 
I don't mind if people sell. It's not like I'm not the authority on season tickets, okay? So, and neither <laughs> neither are any of us. Let's remember that. So, when people want to get on others about selling their season tickets to you know opposing fans, what money is money, right? Like that's how it is to me. Except when it comes to Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Guys, if I show up on Thursday and freeze my butt off and I have to do it amongst 50% filled Steelers, like, I'm not going to do it. I I will need a ski mask at that point because I'm just <laughs> I'm going to be throwing elbows and being real. I'm going to be a real jerk about it, guys. I'm ready. All right, Brittany. So let's cut to the chase here. Last week, you predicted a Browns win. Mm-hmm. That happened. It did. Who do you have Thursday night? Well, Browns, of course. We're at home. You know, Steelers Steelers are better than anyone thought they were. Shout out to Mike Tomlin, who I think is an incredible coach. Yeah, and we I've kill always for him. felt that way. Yes. God, I love him so much and I hate saying that, but um I have for years and I think I wish we had a coach like him. Yeah, you don't have to say that quietly. I'd probably give up my kidney for a right. competent head coach at this point. Somebody actually brought up, they said the other day, um, I would trade OBJ for Mike Tomlin. <laughs> and you know what? For a second, I, for a second, I might have thought about it. I was like, mm, okay, never mind. No, no, no. Um, but no, Mike Tomlin's great. He can work with anything. He Clearly. makes that team. Yeah. I mean, the, the things that went wrong in their offseason... And the adjustments that he was able to make. And my God, like, I can't praise him enough. Having said that, I still hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. And <laughs> I hope they lose every other game this this season, um, starting with Thursday night. I'm ready for it. I think the Browns are going to they're gonna show up. I If I had to guess, I'm going to say Browns by 10. Browns by you 10. Know, Browns by I 10. like it. I like it. I My key to the victory for the Browns is don't play like you did against Denver. Yes, that's critical, <laughs> and maybe not a, not like how you played against Buffalo either. Even though you no. came out with the win, I don't know. Can you just play like you did against Baltimore, please, that's in our it. own stadium? That's all I that's ask. It. How you think about that? How did they hang forty on Baltimore? I mean, you look at Baltimore now, and you're like, man, this team's legit. Lamar Jackson's good, and I don't care if I'm gonna get crucified for saying Lamar Jackson's good. I will say it a hundred times a day. I don't care. But you know, you you look at them, and you're like, how did we do that? Yeah, I, have I no just want to get back to that place where you know we just. We looked so sound on every part of the game. Like, that's that's the dream. That's what I'm hoping for, guys. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's All right. Start. So, Brown's victory on Thursday. We're guaranteeing it. We're going to shift gears a little <laughs> bit and talk about our beloved Cleveland Cavaliers. Because, Yay. oh my gosh. I, they're right? kind of winning. They're they kind of winning. I mean. Saw, <laughs> it's like, have you seen that Paul Rudd video where he's like, who saw it? What does he say? Something about who saw us here? Not me. <laughs> because you look at the Cavs and um, I kind of figured this year would, it wouldn't be as bad as last year. Uh, that was the feeling I had going into it. I was like, okay, like last year was tough. You had to deal with the post LeBron thing. It was like, you know, rebuilding again from, from the very, very bottom. But, you know, this year you got some, Kobe went in there and he got good draft picks. Uh, you got Beeline in there who, you know, people were kind of nervous about to begin with because you never know how a college coach is going to transition the NBA. But, guys, it's working. I don't know if you've noticed because some people might have given up on the Cavs after LeBron left and, you know, last year was kind of a, a crazy mess of a season. Um, at least towards the beginning of it was bad. The ending of it was... You know, it was at least a little bit fun to watch because the players seemed to really enjoy playing with each other. Um, but this year, it's like 
man, this team doesn't quit. We were just watching this as we started recording, and you know they just they lost by like one to Philadelphia, which they shouldn't even have been like been competitive with this team. This team was you know, very very good last year. Um, so I can't say enough about the Cavs. I'm super excited, super excited for Colin Sexton. Let's hear it for him, Bree. Oh, Sexland. Oh, I hate that term so much. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So I, I do have to jump in on the sex land. <laughs> Go ahead. Shout out to the Chase Down podcast hosted uh, by Justin Rowan and Carter Rodriguez. Another lovely pod within our Blue Wire family. Uh, they yes. were the ones who coined sex land, and we actually have those shirts on sale uh, yes. on our Blue Wire website. So a little bit yes. of a plug right there. And, you know, it's so funny. So I produce their podcast also, and uh, both Justin and Carter – text me all the time and say how do we get Brittany on the sex land bandwagon and I'm there like, is I'm no trying. getting <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. you I'm just like you're so stubborn <laughs> so you stubborn cannot guys you have to understand I feel like I am like their mom okay and <laughs> I mean, they, they are babies they're like 19 they are they are little tiny babies and when I think of them I I don't ever want them to be associated with sex in any way. So when I hear these the sexland thing, like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, the horror. Who would who would group these these young nice gentlemen into this uh, dirty Justin world? Carter. I Justin know. Is the answer I, to I that. feel like I get tagged in sexland stuff at least like once a week. And I'm like, I mean, because they want you on the bandwagon. I mean, those shirts are fire, though. You you have to admit. Oh, I love them. I would, I absolutely would, you know, own one if I weren't so against the term in itself. But you know, I can't get, I can't get on board yet, guys. All right, so hit me up in a couple months. We'll talk about it then. So let's like we'll refocus a little bit here. So you guys are talking about how the Cavs are a fun team to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. As of this morning, if the NBA playoffs were to happen today. The Cavs mm-hmm. would have had a seven seed and facing the Toronto Raptors in the first round. So knowing that, do you want this Cavaliers team to keep in the direction that they're going and be a bottom seed in the playoffs uh, come this spring? Or do you want them to tank out the way a lot of people were predicting and get those good draft picks? Because what you're seeing in in this team right now is you're either going to be a bottom seed in the playoffs, get knocked out in the first round lose your chance at a draft pick or tank out, get a good draft pick. And if the Cavs are on the path to the playoffs, which feels so weird to say, mm-hmm. you might have to look at trading Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love just to protect the the future of the team. I am 100% against trading Tristan or Kevin. Did I just kill your spirit? <laughs> no, 100 million percent against that. I feel like, you know what, last year I was all for tank season. I was like, yes, let's tank, let's do this. And you know what, guys, I learned my lesson. Because now the way the NBA lottery works is that everyone's screwed and everyone has a chance to to be, you know, have a lottery pick and it sucks. It's not meant for teams to, you know, bad teams to tank in order to rebuild. Um so no, I'm as far as tanking goes, never again. I'm never about that again. And shockingly, the Cavs are are so much and my attitude might change towards the end. I'm sure it will. You know, we're gonna hit some really low lows at some point. I know that. Um but right now I say like if you're good enough to win, if you're good enough to, to stay competitive, which they have been in every game this year, um, they don't quit, they keep fighting till the end. 
you know, whatever Beeline's doing, his back-to-basics approach seems to really be working um, with the vets and, and the rookies. And I'm all for just keep going. Do what you're doing right now. If we if we end up as a seven seed and, you know, we lose out, if we get swept in the first round, I don't care. I'm happy to be there because the, let's just go shock the world, guys. That's what team I'm on right now. I'm with you. So positive. Yeah. I love it. I love Coach Beeline, too. You touched on it a little bit, but, man, he has made Tristan Thompson look like 2016 Tristan Thompson. Yeah. He's making Jordan Clarkson look very efficient, which oftentimes in the last two years, he has been pretty hit or miss, and he's been a pretty crucial six-man off the bench for us, and the young guys... They don't look so young. So I love Coach Beeline. I'm with you, Brittany. I don't want to tank. It's no. It's not fun to watch a tanking team. And no. I'm okay. I'm okay and- with winning and having fun watching this team because here's what's going to happen. Brown's season is going to come to an end. Come hopefully January. But mm-hmm. it's going to come to an end. I'm going to need to fully transition myself into basketball. And I don't want to watch a team that's actively trying to lose. That's not fun. That makes for a very, very, very long Cleveland winter. Yes, absolutely. Um, And, you know, if if the talent's there, which right now it is, um, and again, you know, depends on how the injuries pile up and the motivation might get killed later on in the season. But, you know, right now, I think the thing that nobody was really expecting was that this team was going to be super exciting. Um, even me, the forever optimist, especially when it comes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I didn't see this team being like this. So even I'm shocked about this, um, especially Tristan Thompson. Like, I can't stress enough how he just seems like a completely different player now. Uh, yes. And I, I'm so proud of him. I almost have tears in my eyes right now. Because oh, boy. It seems like every game he just gets better and better, and he becomes such a leader all the time. And, you know, we're seeing what we've wanted to see from Tristan for like nine years now, and it's all right in front of us. And the idea of just shipping him off while he's playing like this for a team that, you know, <laughs> I, I'm so smiley right now. I can't get over it. I'm so right. in love with this team. I'm ready. Well, I'm about ready to wipe that smile off your face because Uh-oh. in other news in the sporting world, Uh-oh. we've got the battle of bees going on with college Ooh. football. So, this is not going to make you happy, but (laughs) with the rankings that came out tonight, LSU moved to number one after their big win over Alabama this weekend, which meant my Ohio State Buckeyes dropped to number two. Mm -hmm. Clemson is at number three, and Georgia is number four. I want to touch on this a little bit because last week, I think you were maybe trying to compliment Ohio State at the end of the week, and Ohio State fans were attacking you. I wasn't one of them. No, you weren't. Of course not. But I want, no, to, talk but, a, I want to talk about it a little bit because yeah, you are talk a about it. Notre Dame because, fan. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I was an Ohio State fan. I think people don't realize that. Um, but I started out my life as an Ohio State fan. Other than the Cleveland Indians, like, Ohio State was it. You know, my dad's a big fan, my brother, my sister, everyone except my mom, who is a Notre Dame fan. Um, but one of the things that I never felt like I fully embraced was the whole fan attitude so and i'm not trying to be mean but you guys are kind of obnoxious like not you (laughs) but like the whole the fan base in and of itself like i feel like we're you know how earlier we're talking about yeah we were talking about the browns earlier okay yes 
and how they're super sensitive, uh, the Browns fans. I feel like Ohio State is like that, but even like 10 times worse. So the other day I tweeted uh, with the whole Chase Young thing. You know, he got, they were, at this point, they were just investigating him. So he was suspended indefinitely, but, you know, that could have been one game, could have been two, whatever. So, of course, they tweet, and Ohio State fans, oh, yeah, as soon as we're ranked number one, they decide to look into something from 2018. Isn't that funny? And they have this this complex that the whole NCAA is against them and, you know, there's a conspiracy against Ohio State and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but I, I tweeted. And because I watch Ohio State every week, every every Saturday I'm watching Ohio State. Um, and it's not like I don't hate watch them. I actually... You know, I I care about them in a, <laughs> in a way. You know what I mean? So, like, I watch them and I enjoy them. Um, I've said several times I think they're the best team in the country, and I still do. And I said, oh, God, you know, it's a shame that they're going to have to put up 56 instead of, you know, 45 now to beat a team by 30. Like, calm down, guys. Like, you'll be fine without Chase Young. And Bree... I immediately regretted doing that because (laughs) for some reason, me complimenting their offense and saying, hey, guys, you'll be fine because your offense is really, really good. That turned into, oh, well, you know, (laughs) anytime I say anything about Ohio State, Notre Dame has to get brought into the conversation. Like, I don't understand that Notre Dame stinks. I'm done. All right. Well, listen, here's what I'll say about Ohio State fans. It's the weirdest thing. I went to school at Ohio State. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like I am ingrained in the fan base and I went to school down there. I experienced football games. It's crazy. It's fun. It's a very exciting atmosphere. Mm-hmm. A lot of Ohio State fans, funny enough or oddly enough, are also Browns fans. So you go from like this dominating college experience football team whose culture is truly a winning tradition. And then on mm-hmm. Sundays, you are let down every single week by a team that can't figure out ways to win. So it's this really weird, um, just dynamic of, from a mindset of, I on one hand root for a really good football team. And then on the flip side, from a professional standpoint, I root for a really bad football team. So I think mm-hmm. the arrogance almost kind of offsets what you miss from a professional standpoint. <laughs> and it just overtakes you with this like, well, I, I at least have the Buckeyes. It's like because the Browns are so bad, and maybe this yes. is just me because not not every Browns fan is an Ohio State fan. My husband mm-hmm. is one of them. He's a Michigan fan, which I feel bad for him too. But <laughs> I just think the arrogance that Ohio State fans have is kind of to make up for what they lack in maybe their other sporting world. It's it's the equivalent. The Ohio State fans are the equivalent of what the Patriots are in the NFL. That is that is very accurate. And it's nice, to, it's refreshing to hear an Ohio State fan admit it. Because that, honestly, that was one of the things that turned me off about being an Ohio State fan. Like, to be, it just felt like, you know, there's almost this, you say Patriots, and I kind of compare it to Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, where it's just like this nastiness of... <laughs> I mean, they're ruthless. Well, We're ruthless. They, yes, yes. And I, I could not fit in with that. Um, so yeah, like... I found my home with Notre Dame, and they seem like a very, a, a more mild bunch. Uh, it's mostly, you know, old men who I really enjoy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one time, oh, it was the first game of the year uh, in September, and I was at an Indians game, and I wore my Notre Dame hat that day, and I was walking around the stadium, 
I these old men came to me like moths to a flame Brie. like they loved me in my notre dame hat because they were all like 80 years old oh yeah they yes they saw this well, little blonde girl in this notre dame hat and they're like oh yeah notre dame i was like yes i have finally found my people i love you guys so much well i think it's also youngstown tradition as well i feel like it's it's italian there's a lot of Catholics that reside here. So the connection True. to Notre Dame, a yes. Catholic school, my my grandpa is a huge Notre Dame fan. I actually Aww. wanted to go to school there. Um, little secret. <gasps> I didn't I wasn't smart enough to get in. So I, I went to, <laughs> I, I was smart enough to get into Ohio State. I don't think I'd actually get in there now. Um but I wasn't smart enough to get into Ohio State. I had to go to Youngstown State. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth comes out. There we go. Well, yeah. So you makes a lot of sense. The old traditional folk around Youngstown, they love Notre Dame. Makes they total do. sense. So, yes. Brittany, this is a great show. I think we'll wrap it up tonight. We'll get ready to get a victory against Pittsburgh. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our second episode of That's What B Said. Make sure you download us, rate us, subscribe to us, and tune in for next time. Love you guys.